Every magic trick consists of three parts. The first part is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, or a man. He shows you his object, perhaps he asks you to inspect it, to see if it is indeed real, you know, normal. But it probably isn't. The second act is called the turn. The magician takes the ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary. Now, you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it. Because of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled. But you wouldn't clap yet. Because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. That's why every magic trick has a third act, the hardest part, the part we call the podcast. I'm Michael Kane. Not too bad. And I approve this message. Not too bad. <laughs> Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got My day. Best day, big boy, huh? That's bright. Fuck you. Everybody on? Good. Great. Bad. Wonderful. Are you listening closely? Because this is facing off. I am your co-host, Nick, and this is my transported man, Gabe. Facing Off is a podcast in which we rate, review, compare, and contrast two movies that share some common thread. Or is it? I am the great Danton. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody. Today's movies are The Prestige versus The Illusionist. Uh, And um, hi, Gabe. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? Did you have a good weekend? I did. What did you do? did I? Or did I? Did you? <laughs> That's what we're going to do the whole time. Or Abracadabra. is it? <laughs> or <laughs> would I? <laughs> uh, I had a good weekend, man. Did sweet. you have a good weekend? Yeah, I had a great weekend. It was fun. I climbed, uh, I did a hike to a Nazi compound, an oh. abandoned Nazi compound, and I pissed on their oh, shit, yeah. dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. And then Nick and I on Sunday saw just a tremendous Polish yeah. film at a, at a little art theater. Uh, yeah. We followed a bunch of old people who had just seen at 930 in the morning, The Invisible Man. And so we saw Corpus Christi. If you get a chance to see Corpus Christi, you should. It is incredible. Yeah. One of the best S- endings to a movie ever. Yeah, possibly the best. Yeah. Um, cool. Nick, before we get into it, let's, uh, let's say, first of all, that we're going to spoil these movies. Oh, yeah, and it's a big and, deal. Yeah, it's a big deal with these two movies. So if you haven't seen The Illusionist and you haven't seen The Prestige, stop it now. Do you have any shout-outs? Uh, what do you think? Talk about, uh, Julie's friend. Oh, yeah, Janice. Janice, what's up, dude? Yeah, I found out that... Uh, we went to your wedding and that, shit. Uh, our, you had our, a llama there. Our friend Janice uh, watch, <laughs> listens to every watches, every podcast. That'd be weird. Yeah. She listens to every one of our podcasts. She's a big fan. That's awesome. 
Yeah, thank you, Janice. I walked Um, into my own apartment and was called a celebrity, and I was like, what? You are a celebrity. Oh, I am. Yeah. I am dope. Yeah, you're pretty dope. You're that boy. Uh, Uh, You too. You too are that boy. Thanks. I am. Good. Uh, I will give a shout out to... I'll give a shout out to Bobby, one of Smoley's friends. It was just your birthday, and you're a big fan of this podcast, so this goes out to you. Uh, also, a shout out to Clay. Thank you for listening to every episode, Clay, and listening so closely that you needed to proceed to insult me for making uh, messing up on uh, MacGruber quotes. So, thank you for listening very carefully, Clay. We love you. And lastly, <laughs> shout out to Polish films and foreign films in general, dude. Yeah. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nick, hit us with the uh, 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 hit us with the synopsis. The synopsis. Okay, so like Sins. I said, uh, today's two movies involve magicians, or do they? And <laughs> these are the synopses. Yeah, it's gonna are get they? old really fast. Or is it? Um, the Prestige is the tale of the rivalry of two 1800s magicians, Robert Angeter and Alfred Borden, as they attempt to create the ultimate version of the transported man, a magic trick in which a man is transported. Obviously. <laughs> uh, Borden takes the long road, crafting a life in which he and his twin split time, love, and sacrifice, and also fingers. Angier takes a more literal route by utilizing a machine created by Nikola Tesla, a wizard, that replicates his very being night after night. When Borden stumbles upon the drowning Angier under the stage, he's framed for the death of the magician. As one Borden hangs for the crime, the other discovers that Angier has killed his replicant night after night, a sacrifice to maintain the incredible trick's integrity. In a stunning turn, the remaining Borden kills the final Angier and regains custody of his daughter. Abracadabra, bitches. Straight up. Oh! Was that a pretty good synopsis? You said it couldn't be done. Bam! bam. Yeah, that was great. You said it couldn't be done? Said it couldn't be done. I'll do it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The Illusionist, on the other hand, is the story of Eisenheim, the Austrian illusionist, Mm. who meets back up with his childhood sweetheart, Sophie, the Duchess of something or whatever. Unfortunately, (laughs) Sophie is of a much higher social class, and Eisenheim is a dirty but famous magician. Sophie and Eisenheim rekindle their affair. He's actually an illusionist. Yeah, whatever. Sophie and Eisenheim rekindle their affair, much to the chagrin of the crown prince Leopold of Austria, a drunk woman-beating jagaloon who is uh, Mm. planning a, a coup against his father, who's the king, because he's a prince. When the crown prince appears to drunkenly kill Sophie, Chief Inspector Walter arrests some random guy instead. However, the suspicion is there, and Eisenheim is pissed. He vanishes for a while and returns as an apparent necromancer, he appears to bring back Sophie one night, who, while Leopold is in the audience, claims that her killer is in the audience. Mm. Then Leopold kills himself. Because uh, everyone's dumb. Cause, yeah, because yeah, Walter tries to arrest Eisenheim at the next show, but he is also an illusion. Everyone is an illusion. Mm-hmm. Walter finds out later that Eisenheim and Sophie staged Sophie's death. They live happily ever after. Or do they? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Yeah, we're doing these two movies. They both came out in 2006. There actually, there were three magic movies that came out in 2006, two of which starred Huge huge Jacked Man <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson. 
two movies about magic came out in 2006 starring Hugh Jackman and Scarlett Johansson. Fuck you, The Greatest Showman Hollywood. came out in 2006? No. Uh, <laughs> Who is The Greatest Showman? Is it Robert Angier or Alfred Or is it Alfred Or is it Eisenheim and the Illusionist? It could be uh, what, Poor K and No Los Trace. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Wait, what's no. the second movie? The other one movie? is called Scoop. That's a movie with yeah. Hugh Jackman and Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, I watched this on YouTube. I, I rented it on YouTube. and uh, Why didn't we do that one? Because it's not good. And this, well, the thing was, the reason why we wanted to do these is because at the time, these were both pretty well celebrated movies. Um, Apparently, they both. And uh, a lot of people confuse them. I think when I was a kid, when I first watched, I confused them. Probably because of my mom, who wrongfully thought that The Illusionist is in any way comparable in quality to The Prestige. But. We're not going to spoil that for you. Let's just let's just let's get good. Let's just get in, dude, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's, uh, we our a, scale yeah. is one to seven. Mm-hmm. One is bad. Four is middle. Seven is good. Yeah, it's actually wonderful. Seven is beans the best. are good. Beans are Beef good. Beef is good. Jam, jam, good. good. Uh, and uh, what else do we do, Gabe? We are also going to break it down based on five categories. This week, we are doing actoring, eye candy, spectacularity, true detective, and legacy. Mm. Let us kick it off this time with actoring. Nick, why don't you start with the prestige? (laughs) You said this time as if that's not the category we always No, it's been spectacularity sometimes. When? Nick, just start. Tell me when. Okay, so Vada Kedavra. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Every time I think about abracadabra, the like phrase, I think of the Pokemon abra. Oh, interesting. And then it Every evolves time... into Kadabra, and then it evolves into Alakazam. I think so it... all together, it's abracadabra Alakazam. Yeah, it's pretty clever. <sighs> what it? What did Japanese you give... people make really okay. clever names for their fake creatures in their video games. And a sweeping over generalization to begin the... the... Actually, that was a really specific thing. <laughs> okay. Back to the thing we were talking about. The Prestige is one of my favorite movies ever. It's mm. actually number two after all of the Back to the it's number Futures 11 for me. Combined. Okay. All time. I'm a crazy person, though, um, so that's very high. It's largely because the first time I watched it and just how I felt after, but, you know, whatever. I get it. But I wanted to rate it um, fairly, so I gave it a six mm. and not a seven mm. because, to me, that seems more fair. Yeah. Um, and that's because David Bowie and Scarlett Johansson, who are both really important people in this movie, are only okay. They're only okay. Their Their acting isn't... David Bowie is a saint. True. May him rest in peace. Shut your mouth. But no, it's, I'm kidding. It's <laughs> not their. It's not the actors, really. I mm. just think that both of those characters aren't super duper well written. Yeah. And that's a low point for me, so I gave it a six. Like they, they just <clears throat> don't have the same weight. I t- in their I'm, I'm right there with everyone, you on Scarlett Johansson. Everyone else does. Yeah. Except for them. No, I totally agree with the Scarlett Johansson thing. I think it's hilarious that Christopher Nolan casted uh, David Bowie as Nikola Tesla, the electric Jesus. Well, he actually had no, <laughs> he actually had no um, other people in mind. That is even cooler. 
And I love that. And I don't care that it was an underwritten character. I mean, the movie's not about Tesla and Edison. And it's really no. cool that they put in the middle of this professional rivalry, they put one of the most famous professional rivalries. Yeah, that's true. That's a really cool thing. I just... um, I get, I give it a six as well. Okay. I'm right there. Honestly, the character writing is brilliant. Like, right. it's some of the best character writing I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Um, and Angier and Borden are two of the best like main characters yeah. in, in movies that I can think it, of. It's brilliant the like the way that they both work too. It's that one man is motivated by fame and the need to be better than the other person. Yep. He'll do anything to get it, steal tricks, pay exorbitant amounts of money, and even kill himself over and over again. Knowingly. He he's the knowingly. One that, he's the one that falls into the tank. Right. He yeah, he does that. The other man is motivated by the dedication to the act, like the dedication to his own magical act, uh, so much so that he he does he sacrifices everything with his brother, and he so much so that he half of everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> true, but he like he put he ruins all the lives of those around him. He's just so obsessed with it. But his is a dedication to the act, and the other guy is a dedication to fame and revenge and shit. Yeah. Um, Christian Bale's amazing. Like, Christian Bale, he, I think he's gotten better as an actor. He plays two people in this movie. And, and he's you so don't know it until the end. And if you go back and rewatch it, you can see that the both. chin. It's the chin that you could tell. But they are different. They're wildly yeah, different. One of people. them talks with their, his chin tucked in. He actually in. looks like Sam Rockwell. It looks like Sam Rockwell in He makeup. talks with his chin tucked in a little bit more as one. And, like, they have different personalities yeah and he plays so two cool. different people yeah, he's re- when he plays fallon he's really like it's subtle and quiet and nice and sincere mm-hmm. and his chin is and he's in. supposed to no, be the ingenuor the, the or whatever angry, yeah. the angry one is his chin is tucked but in. the scene the best scene with christian bale is when he shows up at the dinner after he gets buried alive yeah and then he's, he's like i lost something and, but he's like, but he's something. like, she's like, oh, you're putting on a show. He's like, people love it. And he does, yeah. oh, does it. And he does yeah. like a funny phase. Uh, Hugh Jackman, one of the best Hugh Jackman performances. It's like yeah. right after Prisoners for me um, in terms of best of his career. Um, I think he has an amazing American like narrator voice. I yeah. really wish he had a podcast. His narration is so good. Uh, Michael Caine, this is probably my favorite Michael Caine in a Christopher Nolan movie, and he's in almost all of them. But he's mm. he's so good. He's really going for it in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I just I don't think it's the best of each of them of each each of their careers, and I do think it is brought down by like Scarlett Johansson. I um, think she's fine though. I just don't think the character's written well. I love that the she's sheriff definitely of... casted well because what a smoke show. Yeah, she she's was a in distraction for sure. Yeah, on stage. Did you notice that the sheriff of Nottingham from Men in Tights is Lord Car- Caldlow's uh, like? Oh my God, that is messenger. Him. Yeah, <laughs> mono e mono. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyways, oh God, that's a that six. That's a six for the prestige and actoring for Nick and me. Yeah. Uh, um, let's go on to the illusionist actoring. Oh, we sure. didn't explain what actoring is, but actoring, if you've never listened to this Just before, is where we talk about the characters and the performances and how uh, how good the performances were, but also uh, if the director and writer um, gave them the tools that they needed to perform at the best of their abilities. With that being said, Nick, start with uh, actoring for The Illusionist. Okay, dude. I don't know. Like... Negative five. No, I, don't I know. just like I had such a hard time 
watching and rating The Illusionist. I agree. And I'd seen it one time before. It's not bad. It's not bad. I just really had a hard time with this. I didn't yeah. think I would. Like it wasn't almost wasn't fun. Like I have fun every time we do these and rewatch these and rewatching the hey, Illusionist. Man, I have fun too. To rate it. <laughs> it was, I just love you. Uh I just wasn't like like into it. Yeah. And I gave the acting I gave actoring a 4. Same. I think it's fine, but those Austrian accents oh fuck so those. Especially bad. Paul Giamatti's. And Paul Giamatti is a fantastic actor. His one doesn't Dude, work for so me. so bad. Yeah. All of them are bad. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think it brings I think it brings down the performances. And the, the performances are otherwise The best actor is the guy good. that plays Leopold. Oh, he's so good. Rufus Sewell hasn't been in stuff in a while, or at least he's not yeah, big anymore. Dude. He was kind of a big what actor for a while. Guy? He's great. He's fantastic in it. He's he's great. And he's Jessica the only Biel one. is almost never good in anything, and she's not good in this movie. Yeah, she's not good. And, and honestly, I think Jessica Biel has gotten better as an actress. She's really good on The Sinner. Um, in that yeah, first season of the center, but she is not good in this, and I think it's one of her first roles. Um, do you just... know that Scarlett Johansson was 22 when she was in the Prestige? Oh, that explains. Yeah, yeah her accent is horrible. I horrid. Uh, her fine. English accent. I did a better Michael Caine at the beginning than yeah, she did. Well, Michael she's Caine. not doing Michael. Caine. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I think I think Jessica Biel doesn't act much because I think she's just enjoying her life with JT. Yeah. She just um, had a birthday, so... Did you notice that Aaron Taylor Johnson is yeah. the young Yeah, Julie Eisenhower. pointed it out. Julie yeah. watched this movie for like eight seconds because she was like, I can't do this. It's just like boring. <laughs> it, here's the thing. And the eight seconds were mostly pointing out that that's uh, Aaron three-name Johnson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, here's the thing. I think Edward Norton... Edward Norton's one of my favorite actors of all time. I think he's incredible. He's so subdued in this, and I, I don't even enjoy watching him. Like, I, I didn't think he was that great. Ruf, Rufus Sewell was the only great one. I thought Paul Giamatti was good. But he's, um, he's a great character good. actor. He's pretty much yeah. always He's the always same. a good character actor. He's um, like the, always the same level of good. Yeah. In, except, except for, for like times. Sideways and American Splendor. He's yeah. really good. Um, Eddie Marson is really good. The character actor that plays um, the uh, promoter for Eisenhower. Oh. He's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's good. Um, he did a good job. Anyways, it's a four. It's just average. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Like, no one's bad except Jessica Biel, who's, like, not really that bad She's because she doesn't have to do much. bad enough to bring much. it down. The crowd is pretty ridiculous. Who is he? <laughs> yeah. Where, where did you come from? <laughs> Tell us. Are you the princess? They're all like, <gasps> who killed you? Is he in the room? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, ridiculous. All right. So that's a four from Nick and me for actoring. Let's move on to our next category. Eye they all candy. Make such dramatic gasping noises. <gasps> Yeah, they're they're Ow. just they're ridiculous. They're not as ridiculous as now you can see me or now no. you see me. Now you can't. Hey, now you can see me. Hey, uh, doctor, we'll see you now. Um, next, we're doing eye candy. Eye candy is where we talk about all the visual elements of the movie. Uh, let's start with the illusionist since we're on it. I gave it a three out of seven, slightly below average. Uh, it's not bad visually. It's pretty standard. Um, I think the opening is kind of clever. The title sequence, how it's like an old movie. Mm-hmm. I think that works. But then when they do that for I, whatever filter they're using for memories to make it look like that makes them look super fake and dumb. And then there's like this weird lighting on each of the characters in the movie as if there's like a candle in front of, uh, in front of them. Yeah. 
and I and I don't like. Dude, that. I noticed that too. It's like you're. It's like you have cataracts while you're watching it. Yeah, it's like a weird orange tint, and it's like it makes you feel old, and I don't like that. And I don't. Yeah, I don't. Um, know there's that. just too many like, camera, and there's too many camera effects, and I'm not impressed it's the same by guy any that did of it. Limitless, right? Yeah, it's Neil Berger. Yeah, who's fine. It's it's we're kind of pr- like showing that when you go through Neil Berger's movies, he can make pretty decent thrillers or like you know popular movies this was a pretty popular movie but they're not great in quality i'm not super impressed i i kind of like some of the editing stuff he did in limitless more than this one right um this had a a smaller budget though 17 million dollar budget which is like not that big 16 million Um, of it went to edward norton yeah it's kind of weird that we've done two Neil Berger movies. But anyways, I, I gave it a three. So it's, it's like slightly like, below like average. eight movies, and these are the only two that I like knew. I, there's a few others. I don't know. What about I, you? I totally agree. I just think it's super boring. Like yeah. straight up, it's just not an it's not even close to as entertaining a movie as a prestige. Yeah, and, and my mom like insists she rewatched both and she's like, I like them both a lot. And she's like, I don't know if I really like the prestige because it's confusing. And I go don't watch movies then because the is press, it, I wonder what, no, what and she the, thought the thing was is about confusing. About it, it, it comes together. Well, one of the things is she's well, like, dude, well, I couldn't tell which, which Christian Bale's character's daughter it was or whatever. And I was like, first of all, doesn't matter because they share everything. And second of all, they pretty, cl- when I rewatch it, they pretty clearly make it the, the guy who gets executed. Oh no, no, it's not because, uh, no. it's uh, the guy at the end is the one who loves Sarah. Mm hmm. It's oh, guy, it's because the other. It, it's because the one who gets executed says, more. Uh, he was the one who would like take care of her. He and stuff. says yeah. sorry about Sarah, right? But right. he means like I'm sorry that because I'm an asshole and I wanted to bang Scarlett Johansson that I got the your, the love of your life and the the mother of your daughter ki- kill. to kill herself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Julie and I went back and we watched a bunch of these because I was like, oh, wait. So I guess it's not that clear because I just... No, it is. Well, it is now it that is, we talk you, about but it. But that's the thing about The Prestige. We're supposed to be talking about the illusions. Eye candy. Yeah. The <laughs> thing about The Prestige is that it's... it's It it makes you have to... It, it makes you want to rewatch it. Yeah, And totally. when you go back, it's clear. And not only is it clear, but it's as if... It's as if you you... You were blind the first time you watched it. It's like it is a magic trick. The Prestige yeah. is a magic trick mm-hmm. in a movie. Yeah, and I think it does it perfectly. That's why well, it's confusing. It's a, it's a, it's a that series feeling, of magic tricks. That feeling you have yeah. at the end is the same feeling as if you watch a good magic trick. Where right. you're like confused, like how did that? How did I see that? You know why? Anyways, it's Christopher Nolan. But we're yeah, supposed to be talking about the Illusionist, yeah. which is decidedly not like that. Yeah, the but twist what did you, what, seems predictable. No, no, no. Wait, hold on. We're talking about eye candy. We are. Yes. Oh. Because you didn't listen to a thing I said. I knew it. Your eyes were glazed over. Because I was trying to read, dude. Okay. I can't do the illusionist. Remember I was talking about camera effects and stuff and the yeah, lighting? It's just like misty. <laughs> it's misty and Edward yeah. Norton's beard is 100% fake. So stupid. Yeah. His hairline is stupid Dude, it's too. the worst beard I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Is My, he hot? Is it? No, Edward Norton's a good looking guy. Is he? Yeah. He's, he's email us. He's no email us, he's dude. no Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I don't think he's an attractive I'm, person. I think Edward Norton is definitely an attractive person. He's not super he's attractive. He's not hot in the illusionist. Yeah. Yeah. And Jessica Biel is m- markedly attractive. Yeah. And Rufus Sewell is a good-looking dude too. So how does how did I don't get it? He also is much older than Jessica Biel. So what did Biel. you give it? 
out of seven Dude, in I gave uh, it a three. Okay, yeah, same as me. I, I mean, it, it's slightly. It's not a bad movie. It, it visually, it's just not a good movie. Visually. No, I just don't. It just doesn't work with me. And the choices that they make to like cool. make it misty and have Edward Norton have that stupid beard are really bad. Well, okay. What did you give Eye Candy for the Prestige? I gave it a six. It's not Christopher Nolan's prettiest movie of all time, but the costuming. Yeah, I put I put it a note of that too. The costuming is insanely good, and it wasn't nominated for costuming. Really? It was nominated for art direction, which I don't know what that is anymore. I think it's production design, which is amazing. And then cinematography. And it's honestly not the best cinematography I've seen of Wally Pfister or of Christopher Nolan. It was nominated for that? Yeah. But not for costume. But you know what's even crazier? It wasn't nominated for editing. It's probably one of the best edited movies ever. That's so weird. Yeah. I don't know how that works, man. Yeah. I feel I like know. the costuming is incredible and not just because of Scarlett Johansson's costume. It just I think it wasn't that big of a movie at the time. And it, it became a bigger movie over time. What'd you say about ScarJo? No, it just I said it was awesome and not just because of her costumes. Mm. Uh Yum. Borden and Fallon. Is that is that Christian Bale playing Fallon? Yeah. Which is crazy. It does look, look like look Sam. anything no. like him. So some people. So uh, I know Crystal, my sister in law. Her like best friend told her that she like hated the Prestige because she knew in the first the first time she saw Borden, or she didn't hate it. She just wasn't that impressed because the first time she saw Fallon, she noticed because she loves Christian Bale so much, she recognized his chin, <laughs> and she was like, "That's him." And you could see it if you look, but they don't show you enough of him no. early on. You have to really That's look crazy closely. that in the first scene she could pick that out. Cause yeah, well, because she's a huge Christian Bale fan. I don't think they're different. And like one of the cool things, and I'm just going to lump it into eye candy because I, I just want to like harp on this more, is that if you rewatch this movie and you're as obsessed with it as I am, you can see Christian Bale make different character choices in different scenes and and pick out which one when he's playing like his brother he's playing or, yeah. like ambitious Borden mm-hmm. or he's playing like um I don't know what to call him like he's not soft spoken but he's like more reserved Borden yeah well the one of them is the one who's more reserved actually I can't tell which one it is I think the one that's ambitious is the one who's more who does more of the engineering yeah and I think the other one There's is the th- showman one, who we get at the beginning of the movie. I think the very beginning of the movie yeah, and that, is the... Yeah, and that version of Borden, he tucks his chin in more as yeah. he talks, which I'm just going to lump in with eye candy because it's obviously a choice he made. Yeah. And it's really it's cool. Visually, it works, yeah. It's incredible. I mean, that's good direction by Christopher Nolan, yeah. or, or at least it's a choice by Chris, uh, Christian Bale. Yeah, I mean, okay, so Wally Pfister was nominated for it, and I think that, you know, obviously he he did way better cinematography for Inception and the Dark Knight trilogy because it's the same cinematographer. Yeah. I think what they liked about this is that it's a... What? He's extremely old. Is he? Wally Pfister? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean, and he had a $40 million budget here and it it looks beautiful. Like, the way that everyone looks, it's very crisp and clear and I think it's really subtle and I think it was period accurate and and I think that's why he got it. It was accurate, Um, period. And still, dude, the editing is unbelievable. 
the opening scene is so cool when it's going when when Michael Caine is giving the speech and it's going back and forth. So I, I looked yeah. it up and I guess it has this like it broke some record I, I think about like editing cuts for jumping back and forth in time. But it does it, it oh. as opposed to Bohemian Rhapsody that has too many editing cuts. Every single cut has a purpose in this, and it's and it's smooth. It, it's done. Yeah. It's done well to go back and forth in time, and it's incredible the way that they weave the story in that way. And I think that a lot. A lot of that goes to the visuals and, you know, costuming, makeup and production design are all great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I give it a six as well. It's not the best, but it is, no, no. It is well above average. Um, okay, let's move on to our next category. Most fun one. Uh, spectacularity. The one that I started talking about on accident? Yeah, well, you'll get to talk about it again. Spectacularity is where we talk about the engagement level of the movie and whether you were really interested in it and and motivated by it or you were distracted and playing on your phone or looking at your notes while Gabe was talking. <laughs> so, Nick, since you were already talking about it, talk, oh, well, you were talking about The Illusionist. Yeah, okay. Well, let's start with The Illusionist. I would be curious here to know like what like your your mom or like anyone that really likes the I mean, illusionist I think she really thought about it likes it because apparently let me let me look at my statistics well the really thing is they're not the same movie one is like a, a, a one is a mystery thriller and one is a mystery romance like, a period a period uh piece mystery romance 83% of the audience 417,170 people on rotten tomatoes and 83% of them really like this movie. Yeah, it's really weird. I don't think it's bad, but that seems like a lot. Yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about that, and I'll bring because that up I again in Legacy. it's boring. Yeah. Personally, I think it's a pretty straight-up boring movie. However, there are a couple like really good scenes, like, like Leopold's suicide scene is legitimately a very good scene. I thought that was good, and the one when he's yelling at her. Uh, yeah. when he has again, the big fight with he's just like the best. He yeah. gives the best performance in the movie because he's just such a raging dick. Yeah, he is a piece of shit. He's, he's not as big of a piece of shit as as Hugh Jackman's character, though. Well, the, because Leopold is a prince. <laughs> we, we're like told, he wants these. Th- yeah, well, he true. does horrible things. We're told that he Hugh does Jackman is like too much. an awful human being who is so ups- who's so greedy and obsessed with fame. Yeah. Is the so is the twist in the illusionist the illusionist surprising? No, and honestly, I remember I remember watching this movie. I didn't remember the plot, but I knew that I knew watching it how obvious the twist would have been that that she was alive. Yeah, it was. It there was no chance that she wasn't alive, and I don't even know if that was supposed to be. Like a crazy twist. But I was looking up. I was like, oh, movies like The Prestige for the recommendations at the end. And one was The Illusionist for obvious reasons. Yeah. But they were talking about it in terms of like, ooh, it has a crazy they twist at the end. They both have this like third act crazy twist. So where did I put it? Dude, there's, there is a – okay. There is a, a review for The Prestige Wait, that I want to talk about that one. Yeah. But <clears> – <throat> Man, you are all over the place. But the reason that yeah, I know, but the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I think that the illusionist is like you said, the prestige might be confusing. I think the illusionist is too simple. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's a lot It's like it at, waters it down to be so I don't think there's a lot in place. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't think so either. And it just like 
it just falls flat in the end where you're like, oh, there's the whole lie. Ha ha ha. Yay. Uh, yeah, I mean, and like you just don't care about where it's going because like the mystery of it isn't there. Oh, I didn't find it boring though. I I mean, it just it's not exciting. That's the problem. It's not like engaging. What was your rating? I gave it a four. I thought I gave it was it average. A three. I, well, okay, so the thing is, like, the dialogue writing is good. It's a really good dialogue, actually. Um, I like all the scenes between uh, Edward Norton and Paul Giamatti, uh, and Paul Giamatti and uh, Rufus Sewell. Uh, I thought the romance was realistic and kind of interesting to a certain degree. And that's more of what the, the motivation in the movie is. Um, what yeah. bothers me about it is that it's not dark. Like no. it's a dark story, but it's not done in a dark way. And it's, and I prefer movies that are a little bit more cynical. Um, yeah, it's very like fanciful and it's like a happily ever after. Yeah. It's optimistic it. in certain ways. I mean, the darkest part is that Leopold just, kills himself because he's such yeah, a drunkard right? that he like, it, it's not even just that he's a drunkard he's just so fucking tired of how dumb everyone is yeah he's like magic isn't real you are all idiots well, uh, does he kind of at the does he believe that he might have killed her no he's like yeah. no he's just so sick of arguing it and he knows he's gonna go to jail for it yeah um they i mean the thing is it's kind of like i really like the the politics of it but I'm not – it wasn't the movie I wanted to watch. But I thought that they got the Austria-Hungarian p- politics right. And and I thought they did that <laughs> the well. the foremost expert. I also just love the scenes <laughs> that I was really engaged in, the scenes when the crowd is just losing their shit. At yeah. the first ghost, the ghost named like Franco or whatever, they're like – yeah, they're like, not the what's little... your name? And he's like, I'm Franco. <laughs> oh, that one, Yeah. yeah. Also, decent oh, Philip Glass the ghost kid walks in and Paul Giamatti just goes. Oh to yeah, like, that was weird. To like touch him. Oh yeah. And I was thinking, like, dude, it, <laughs> what if he wasn't a ghost? Like you just yeah, like, you just touched shoved this... over a child. Dude, he's the police constable. <laughs> he just like pushes him. Chief inspector. <laughs> he just like he like slaps at. Oh, him. I gotta say, okay, I gotta say the in spectacularity, the final scene. With Paul Giamatti figuring it out <laughs> in the train station is the dumbest scene. Dude, I, it is unbelievably he dumb. Just, he just laughs like that. Yeah, he just laughed and, it, and it's like cutting and then you see them and it's this happily ever after. You know, I, I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that scene, I'm glad you brought that up because I was like, is this Dude, scene supposed I, to be funny? phone not piss me off right now? It seems really out of character for him What's too. What's happening? What's happening? No. Okay, it's fixed. We have to cut that out. Yeah, I gave it a no. I'm not going to. I gave it a three. <laughs> Nick gave it a three. Let's talk about spectacularity with the prestige. All right, I gave it a. Did I give it a seven? I think. I mean, I you have, dude. It's a set. All right, let me talk then. It's a seven. Oh, I gave it a seven. It's a seven. It's the ultimate professional rivalry movie, and it's and as I, you know, the Tesla thing is really cool. There's a lot of like moving parts that are awesome, and it's it keeps you on your toes the entire time, and it's uh, I mean, it's so well balanced and layered in story. This yeah, is can like we the talk f- about how the dove trick is a metaphor for the transported man. At yeah, the end. yeah. At the very end, he and how says I forgot about that. At the very beginning, he says. The the second or the the first part is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, and he says a deck of cards, a bird, or a, or man. a man. Yeah, and they tell you, they give you these clues, which I love, and it's so cool to rewatch. We'll talk about it in True Detective, but uh, 
I mean, it's just this is the moment when I was like, Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, is one of the most brilliant uh, movie writers. And honestly, he's a great TV writer because of mm-hmm. Westworld. We'll see what happens with the third season of Westworld and if it's better than the second. But he does an incredible t- uh, job sprawling the story. And I think that it is fascinating from start to finish. There's literally never a dull moment in no. it. No. Um, it's really I, I eerie. I mean, the, are you watching closely? Saying that at the beginning will make you watch closely. Yeah. And you're like, it, even if you've already seen it a bunch of times, it's so well done in terms of how the tension is built. The score, the like sound design, like like the opening when um, they first show Cutter holding the axe waiting just in case the girl yeah. will drown and the, the he's watching the clock and you're like they cut out the sound or they cut out the score and they just focus on the sound of that clock and you could see the tension in his face it's brilliant and every moment is like that i don't know why i sound so angry when i'm happy I don't about know. something <laughs> i feel like you're gonna like beat me up because this is my second favorite movie of all time and i totally agree that it is I, the first time I watched this, I was glued to my seat, and I've never left a movie and been like, I need to rewatch that movie. The, it, at the bottom of – I have the DVD right here. At the bottom, it has Peter Travers from the Rolling Stones. It has his review. It says, you want to see it again the second it's done. Yeah. Yeah, no shit, And then Peter. if you rewatch – dude, it's a magic trick. I yeah. know I said this before completely out of yeah. the blue in the wrong category, but it's it, the movie is a magic it trick. It something away and it – the prestige of the prestige is one of a kind. Yeah. And the build to it is totally breathtaking. Um, you know what I realized about turn, Christopher Nolan? The turn is like oh, of the movie is obvious the whole time. Yeah. Well. If you know it and you watch it, you're like, oh, dude. Like, of course there's two Bordens. Right. Of like you, know, but it's so well done. It doesn't matter if you know. You, they show yeah. you Angie drowning. Yeah. It, in At the, the beginning. Beginning. It's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I wrote down this The prestige note. slaps, dude. It slaps. It slaps hard. Dude, the, the thing I wrote at the end is I think that Christopher Nolan, because he is the king of this. I think Christopher Nolan starts at the end and then makes his movies because he always slaps you in the face with the feels. Like the final moment, he just blares the score. It's cutting back and forth in time, and it focuses on the character that you're supposed to care about, and you are just filled with emotions. Like Inception, Interstellar, Mm. this. um, Every single movie, the very end, he makes it. It's like an addictive product at the bottom of something. As you just find out You know you're going to have to rewatch it. killed himself close to 100 times. But then he sees – no, it's that he sees his – he gets to see his daughter and walks away, and you're like – Dude, Christopher Nolan, you get it, man. All right, that's a seven from both Let's of us. Let's move into True Detective because it's basically the same. It is. Discussion. So True Detective, we're just talking about like whether we were playing little detectives while we were watching it. Yeah. Were we searching for the clues? Were we interested in the twists and turns? Did it leave us satisfied at the end? And again, the prestige has to get a seven for me. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you just, you just, like I don't ever have that feeling where I need to rewatch a movie the second after I see it, the prestige is one and like parasite is another one. And I can't think of any more than like maybe get out. Yeah. Dude, I left get out and I was like, wow, actually I didn't leave get out saying that I needed to rewatch it. I left get out being like, damn, I'm satisfied. I don't have a problem. Yeah. I, I wanted to rewatch 
Parasite the first time I saw it. Yeah, and same with I get it with the Prestige because you want to search for the clues. And because then this, yeah, then you just keep seeing all of the clues right after. Uh, The the movie is a trick. It's disturbing the first time you see it too. Angier copies his exact being every night, and he knows he's the one that's going to die. Oh, the very final scene is the shot of all of the bodies. Right. Oh and he God. knows he's going to be the one that drops into that tank when he steps in. And then not you, necessarily. He never. You never know if he if because he is the both people. You don't know if you're going to be the one that gets duplicated up there. Or okay, the so one I read a little bit. And about he says the book. that. Dude, the book. Oh, I wanted to talk about this. The book is bad. This is it one is. of the only. Okay. Nick, it that. is bad. The ending of the book is not like this. It's really stupid. And this is why I love Jonathan Nolan because the what he did with this is incredible because it's it's very different. Uh-uh. I'm yeah, telling you, it sucks. The ending it sucks. of it is really bizarre. Yeah, I don't like the end of like the book. Like basically what happens is... No, don't tell... Well, people no? can read it. Okay, okay. I mean, actually don't. Just say it because no, the book sucks. I mean, you've read it, right? Yeah. So doesn't one Borden become like a waif? Yeah. Angier? Yeah. And then the other one becomes like a... Like a half invisible Angier that needs yeah, to and he's like kind of he's real. kind of like uh, fading. He's like Marty McFly, and he walks away. It's it's not the same end. It's not the same last third, and it's yeah. not good. And it's one of the rare cases where the book is worse than the movie. And I respect the hell out of Jonathan and Christopher for it. I just I wanted to know what the heck was going to happen the whole time I watched this movie, especially the first time through, and I never get bored of it. Yeah. I mean, I this is I've so watched it a lot. I've watched it a lot. I think it's one of the movies that I love showing people that had never seen it before. It's one yeah. that I get excited about. It's like Fight Club for me that I know. Even if you know the end, you're searching for clues the whole time, and there are so many clues laid out. Yeah. Um, like a one thing I not. just realized this time is great. Okay, so the big one that people know is that there's the foreshadowing with the with um, Rebecca Hall's like nephew in it. Where he's crying and he goes, what about his brother? Yeah. When it dies. So, yeah, you know that that's the foreshadowing that it's going to be the brother, right. the Bolden brother. But what's what's crazier is that right after Bolden says, right after in the, in the next scene, Bolden says to the bird that survives, he says, you're the lucky one today. So that's representing Angiers. And then... Sarah later figures out that it's his brother or or, or someone else, and she kills herself. But it, because of because of what that kid said, yeah. Because the nephew, him saying like crying and saying what about his brother was probably swimming through her head, mm-hmm. and it drives her insane, and she kills herself. And she says, uh, "I just noticed that." Rebecca Hall accidentally says the line, "I know what you are." Yeah. And oh, was that she wasn't supposed? She to. wasn't supposed oh. to say that. She ad libbed it. That oh, seems that's incredible. Cool. Yeah, it's too. really good. She's Rebecca Hall is so good in this. Yeah, she really. She is. she accidentally says, "I know what you are," and then uh, she thought immediately after that she had like ruined the movie. They couldn't possibly keep that take. And Christopher Nolan was like, "No, it was great." No, it works. It doesn't. It. I mean, you. Uh, we know as the audience now, but with the first time, you're like, "What? What is happening?" What is she talking about? You think about? he's like mentally ill But or how brilliant is that foreshadow? It's a simple scene. Yeah. It foreshadows the entire plot of the movie. And that's great. Um, I love um, 
uh, yeah, I mean, we don't need to talk about. Oh, oh, one really cool thing is that uh, when they hit you, the the end of the movie hits you with this whole concept about self sacrifice, and mm-hmm. you have to sit there and think in your head what was the worst sacrifice? You know, killing yourself every single day to do this, like in the pursuit of this fame or whatever. Yeah, until I love that he plot. says. I love that he does a limited run too, and he's like a hundred times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, you're going to kill yourself a hundred times? And that was like, you're like, and then arbitrarily, you're oh, we're like, oh, a hundred's good. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it, it's also, um, so I, I put this thing, because it's they're all about like, especially Borden, it's all about being like so dedicated to the craft because they're talking about that, that Chinese magician at the beginning yeah. who every single day acts like this. And um, so they... they there's the story of this guy named Chung Ling Su. Did you read about this? So the guy that the, the Chinese guy is based off of is Chung Ling Su, who was uh, a British guy who put on makeup every day and, and made himself like the, he presented himself as Chinese. The entire time he was a magician until a bullet catch trick went wrong and he, sh- he gets shot and he goes, oh, you shot me or something. He says – um Oh goodness! I've been shot. Oh goodness! I've been like shot, that. and no, and it's the first time anyone. It's the first time he ever spoke English as that magician, which is just amazing. Insane. Uh, it also, the the whole like plot with Borden and how dedicated he is really reminds me of the the plot of Black Swan, and I love oh, that. Yeah, it's that the only way to achieve greatness in this profession is perfection, and yep. that's so sad. Um, but it's great. All right, let's. We can end there. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. So then True Detective. So we gave that a seven for the prestige. Yeah. True Detective for the illusionist. I mean. I gave it a four. Yeah. No, I gave it a three. Okay. So I think it's sort of a simple premise, whereas the prestige is apparently to some people too convoluted. Although I think at the end, it's pretty basic, like what happens, even though it's, it's essentially just like weird science fiction at the end, which is awesome. But anyways, mm. the illusionist is not that it's just like, it's not the same thing. Finding out you've been making clones and then drowning them is way cooler than finding out that you and your girlfriend faked your girlfriend's death and then faked an overdramatic seance. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like There's it's just, just that... not, you just can't compare those. So I, I just, yeah, I, and like, I mean, even the, the having a twin, the whole movie and the other guy killing himself every night in a tank is a lot better than like running away with your girlfriend and living happily ever after, but not telling anybody. Well, I think you know, I, actually the discussion we had earlier is the best way to talk about this because it's like, you know what's going to happen, even if you haven't seen the movie. And it, it's too obvious. And I don't think it was, I, it's almost unfair to compare this to The Prestige in that way because yeah. The Prestige is made to be that way. It's more of a mystery thriller. Right. Whereas this is more of like a mystery romance uh, slash like political period piece. Um, it's definitely interesting in terms of the mystery. I think like it's an interesting plot line. Um, and, you know, there are, they do leave out some clues. They're just obvious it's clues. It's just not, like Julie said, um, the illusionist is too mystical. Oh, yeah. And, like, it's not about magic. Yeah. It's about, he's not like a magician. He makes. He's, he's an illusionist. Illusions. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like. Dude, oh, speaking of which, that guy in the prestige, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, it's just. 
it's been a long time since I've seen real magic. The last time, and they cut him off. I'm like, dude, what did this guy see? Yeah, he knows that magic exists. Also, it's really funny when oh, Hugh yeah. Jackman's on stage and he's like, "What you're about to see is not magic; it's science, bitch. It's magic. You duplicated yourself. Ain't no science doing that, Tesla." Uh, oh you know what i was gonna talk about um and Uh, i think you're right about like one has the impactful like disturbing darkness to it and one doesn't the other thing is they both of these movies have a plot exposition dump at the end in visual form yeah one of them shows you a bunch of stuff that you couldn't have possibly seen because it wasn't really there or it wasn't that interesting. It's just lay out the, the entire other one plot. shows you stuff you did see the, and you're the like, The prestige oh, is duh. like, yeah. The only thing that they show you are some things behind the scenes that were happening with Christian Bale and his brother. And then you see with Angier's like killing him. Yeah, himself. but then all of the scenes that where you're like, what is wrong with Alfred Borton? Yeah. Like, why is he like this? Yeah. Then you're like, oh, that's why he's like this. He's not one guy. He's two guys. Right. Like, like when she's like, oh, why, is may, it, why I mean, isn't he That's why it. Isn't it You're yet, right. Freddy? The why visual things ailed? help you understand the plot of the movie. And I love that. Whereas the other one, the visual things just tell you the movie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's, uh, I gave it a three. Nick gave it a four for True Detective. Let's go to our last category, uh, Legacy. Okay. Legacy, we talk about whether this movie will be talked about. Has it been talked about? Uh, where does it stand in the history of movies or in the genre? So let's let's start with the illusionist since we're on it. Does um, it have a legacy? I mean, yeah, I give it a three out of uh, out of seven. I wanted to give it higher because when it came, so they both came out in two thousand six. The thing is, the Prestige is the only one that's still really talked about. But for a while, a lot of people like the illusionist. I mean, apparently they still made, do eighty three percent of it. Made eighty seven point eight million, which is great. Around the time it came out, it has a seventy yeah seventy eight percent from critics. It has eighty three percent from audience. Its was Metacritic it is like sixty eight. I thought it was seventy five from critics on Rotten Tomato. Seventy eight or seventy five. I got seventy four actually. Okay, I, I, it doesn't matter. It's in the seventies, which is good. Yeah, um, that's just important to note because the Prestige yeah, has seventy five. Yeah, like a and this six. It's only one or two points higher. Right. Uh, many, here's the thing. Many people recognize this movie. A lot of people probably saw it, even if they forgot it, but here's why the legacy gets hurt. This is the exact type of movie that you see in a, in a bin at 7-Eleven. Like the dollar. (laughs) Yeah. You buy, it's one of the ones that when you (laughs) used to go to video stores, like, like rent or, you know, when Blockbuster used to sell DVDs because it was always the DVDs that they had way too many of. Or if you go to a UCD DVD store, they ha- oh, there's always one movie they have too many of. It's always The Illusionist. And, and another thing is this movie is free on Tubi, Vudu, and Sling TV. Three places where you could buy stuff, but a lot of crappy movies are... Free. Or no, no, no. A, a lot of average but like forgotten movies are, are free on those. And that hurts its leg- a legacy. So despite its nice re- uh, reception, I'm giving it a three. I was going to give it a two until I saw that like people apparently really like, like it. And it is more or less critically like well-received. So I gave yeah. it a four. Okay. Because like four, I have a yeah. hard time giving something that eighty three percent of four hundred and seventy thousand. That's why I said slightly below Raiders average in terms of its legacy since it. then. Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I feel like people. 
Because that's I'm talking more about the history of the movie. Like, the, it's been uh, six ways. And, uh, it's been uh, what, like, fourteen years since it came out. Yeah. And no, it's like a forgotten movie. I mean, it's instantly forgettable. Um, but anyways. That's a four from Nick, a three I, I from me. Know. I don't know what else there is to say about it. I was just genuinely surprised. Well, fine. Let's let's finish it off, dude. Let's talk about the prestige. What okay. did you give it for Legacy? I gave it a five. Hmm. Okay. I almost gave it less, but I couldn't give it the same score as uh, The Illusionist because I do feel like it has more of a legacy. But but here's the thing. It is prestige. It is the prestige is is Christopher Nolan's second lowest rated movie. Which is fine. Well, at for a while it for was while his lowest. Was which is lowest. And his lowest is Interstellar. Yeah. Which is hilarious because it's still in the seventies. That's how. Yeah. The, the thing about like Chris, uh, Christopher Nolan is he's so good at getting the critics to at least like his movies. No, no, none of his movies are hated by critics. Um, but he also gets audience members to love it. Yeah. And he's that rare breed that can do both. Yeah. It's. I mean. Yeah. I just like it's not. I love it personally. I would like to have given it a higher for me. The legacy is a seven, but like, I just don't know if it should, if it should have like a higher rating than a five. I do want to read that one rating that I thought was yeah, like this user rating. It says the prestige does not impress as a magic act. It is an elaborate contraption that leaves the viewer confounded and confused, but never feeling particularly entertained or delighted by the performance. Signed, Michelle, Mickey Willow, Indiana. But there are people who just, it just doesn't vibe with them. Apparently, yeah. very few, only 8% of the audience disliked the movie Yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. 92% liked it, but, you know, I don't know if it's like, I'm I'm splitting the, the difference best. because I'm I'm where you're at. I, I objectively I think it's a five. Subjectively I think it's a seven. Um, the thing is, like, it turned Christopher Nolan into a household name. He had Batman Begins, which was really popular, and Memento, which wasn't that popular when it came out. But this was the movie that really turned him into a big deal. That where people were like, I gotta watch his movies. Um, okay. and it was almost made by Sam Mendes after he did was, American yeah. Beauty. And I, I, I think that movie still would have been really good. Yeah. I think Christopher Nolan does, did a better job than I could imagine Sam yeah. Mendes doing it, but I thought it would have been good. Um, and, and I think this was huge for Christopher Nolan. Um, it shot, it also shot Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman like way up because they both were popular actors before it, but no one had really seen a lot from them. And I, if you go back to 2006, that was before we talked about Christian Bale as this like all-time great actor. That's true. Because he wasn't really, you know, he did this The Machinist in Batman Begins, but he wasn't really yeah. like fluctuating his weight as much. He wasn't like really leaning into the characters. And he's playing like, you know, he has his real accent in it, but it's still great acting. Um it made people take Hugh Jackman a lot more seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, the good reviews. Is amazing in this movie. It has an 8.5 on IMDb, which is very high uh, yeah. user rating. That, that is it, super It's high. a very popular movie. Uh, it, it's kind of a cult favorite. It made more money than uh, The Illusionist. It made 
$1.5 million uh, in the box office, which is still kind of bizarre to me. It deserves a lot more. Uh, and it was nominated for two Oscars. So I think it's just really well appreciated by people. Like, people were very excited when we were going to do this. And I had Aaron Lapping send me a message. He's like, you better not mess this up. This is my favorite movie of all time. And I know a lot of people that would say, like, I don't, I, I, if I mentioned the prestige to any of my friends, they'd be like, oh, man, such a good movie. It's just, True. It's, it's really well loved. Um, well loved. Yeah. It's beloved. It's, there you go. Uh, dearly beloved. Okay, so let's add it up, big boy. Um, I just think that this line is an interesting remark on the legacy of the movie. The secret impresses no one. The trick you use it for is everything. Yeah, isn't that, Christian Bale says that, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has so many good lines in it. Um, it's a really well-written movie. So what was your total for The Prestige? Okay, my total for The Prestige is... Uh, 20, 31. Nice. I gave it a 32. Okay. So Interesting. I like it what more is than that? you, I feel like. And... Yeah, but I it, it was tough because I thought it was going to be lower based on the way that we break things down. But... I have to give. I mean, it's like almost a perfect movie. Almost. Uh, so it's almost. Thir- so I gave it thirty-two. You gave it a thirty-one. So that's yeah. what sixty-three out yeah. of uh, seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Is it out of seventy? No, it's 70. out of seventy. Yeah, uh, that's great. Good for you. The Prestige. The Illusionist. I gave a sixteen. Oh really? I gave it an eighteen. Out of thirty-five. Well, that's so funny how that works out. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that is. You can add it up. Uh. 30, that is 30, 34? 34. 34 out of 70. Yeah. So, you know, it's like do just love the part of the podcast where, where we, we just add? do math in our head like well, okay, freaking well, champions? People do dude? love this section. Let's get into our accolades, yo. We're going to give okay. out awards to these movies. Start with MVP. Who's your MVP of these two movies? Oh, okay. So it doesn't come from The Illusionist. It can't. This is where my thought process was. Hmm. It's not Robert Andrews. It's not Franco, the ghost? <laughs> well, I'm Franco. It's not, dude, uh, it, it's not Angier because he's awful. It can't be Borden. Oh, you're going by character. Yeah, yeah. I always do that. Yeah, I never you kind of do. That's interesting. Never, like, I never noticed Nolan. that until now. Is no. yours Christopher Nolan? It's the Nolan brothers. Oh. Dude, that's the best duo in Hollywood. That's true. Name a better duo. In Hollywood? I deodor you. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Nailed that one. (laughs) I gave the MVP to Nikola Tesla. The electric Jesus. He invents the most insane machine of all time and he fully knows that no one should use it, but he just takes that guap, baby. Yeah. You get paid, you got a job to do. You do the job and you get that paper. And that's what he did. Straight up. All right, do you have an LVP? Um, uh, Austrian accents. Yeah, I was gonna say Scar. <laughs> I was gonna say Scarjo's accents, Austrian no. accents, Thomas Edison's bitch ass, uh, Austrian accents. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite scene? Oh my god, the the final scene in the yeah. Prestige. It's it's like the best, and they're just slamming each other with like I sacrificed more. He's like, no, I did, and like. You know what I'm talking He's about. He's like, you don't even know. You don't even know. Uh, do you have a worse scene? Oh, man. All I mean, the Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, not, memory yeah, scenes. I he's just, not bad in it. They're just horrible scenes. No, and they're like all, like the movie itself is like dusty and, and like like you're looking through cataracts. 
And then those scenes are like double that because mm. they're in the past yeah. of the past. And you're like, oh my God. Okay, quickly, off the top of your head, uh, what would be the order of your Christopher Nolan movies? There's only 10. There's and you've probably 10? seen all of them but following, which you oh can put God. at 10. You want me to good. rank 10 things off the top? Just do of it really head. quick. Nine, nine things. Nine, dude. Okay. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Is that nine. your number one? Is oh, number nine. nine. Okay. Why would yeah. I not? Why would I not? Okay. Hey, oh, you haven't seen Insomnia. No, I haven't. So that's your nine. Okay. So eight is Dark Knight Rises. Sick. Seven is. Do I need to like see these? I don't have the type of weird memory. All right. One, The Prestige. Two, Inception. Three, Dark Knight. But, but honestly, I would actually tie them at number two. This is your I love order? Them both. Yeah. You put The Prestige above the above Inception? I did not think you would have done that. It's All my right. 11th favorite movie. Inception's like my 14th. Interesting. And, and Dark Knight is like my 15th. Okay. And then I go... You put Batman Begins lower than Dark Knight Rises? So I like Batman Begins a lot. But the thi- the mm. Dark Knight Rises has more of the feeling that I like from, from the Nolan movies. Like, I think Batman Begins is a better movie, but I like watching Dark Knight Rises more. Because it's more... it's It has the Dark Knight feel to it. Got it. Interesting. Okay, so I'm I, go, I fully agree that Batman Begins is a better Dark movie. Dark Knight Rises... Because I've only seen eight of ten. Dark Knight Rises eight, Batman Begins seven, Interstellar six, Memento five, Dunkirk four, Inception three, Dark Knight two, Prestige one. Yeah, I flipped Memento and Dunkirk. Only be- I love Dunkirk. I think it's a brilliant movie. It's just that Memento is one of those movies that really impacted me for a while. Yeah, and I've I've watched it so many times. Thanks for springing uh, that one on me. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I mean, dude. most of the time I act like things have been sprung on me when I know that they're coming. This time it was actually sprung on me. When I see a pretty little thing with the itty bitty waist, uh, you get sprung. A round thing. Uh, in uh, it, uh, anyways, uh, do you have any recommendations for what people should watch that kind of like uh, uh, either of these movies? Now you see me. <laughs> now you don't. Uh, as long as you're watching closely, I don't care what you watch. Mm, interesting i recommend that people go and see uh the machinist if you haven't uh amazing christian bale role uh if you don't like watching really danny someone who really hates this but like if you don't like watching someone who's like dangerously skinny in it i don't suggest you watch it Mm. but it's an incredible movie about insomnia have you seen it i actually haven't are you kidding me no i'm actually not oh well i had to make sure uh you should see the machinist (laughs) it's a great movie you would love it uh, it it that has a crazy that has a crazy um, twist. All right, you and then, re- you recommended a Christian Bale movie. Yeah, if I'm gonna recommend Christian Bale, then I also would recommend Hugh Jackman Prisoners. Prisoners. That's what I was is a, gonna say it's one of my favorite movies. That I, I love so that movie. Good, dude. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve just kills it. Next week's episode, we are we gonna just do. Decided. Yeah, we're gonna do. Mom, I'm sorry, you're probably not gonna watch this one. You can still listen to us. We're gonna do Midsommar versus. The Wicker Man. And we're doing the OG Wicker Man, the 1976 one. Because you can find um, it on Netflix. It's on Netflix, and Midsommar is on Amazon. So, we're so gonna, go get that. Yeah, we're going to do it now. Especially if you're them. thinking about breaking up with your boyfriend. Uh, or or uh, uh, visiting a cult. Yeah. Plugging right now. You guys should follow us on Instagram. If you listen to this podcast and you have an Instagram and you don't follow us... Go and do that, dude. We're trying to blow up Instagram, okay? Instagram.com slash 
Facing Off Pod. Just look up Facing Off Podcast. You could also follow us on Twitter. The only people that follow us on Twitter are um, other podcasts. So if you are not a podcast, you are a person, and you want to follow us on Twitter, you should. We are twitter.com slash facing off pod. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's really important. This episode has been brought to you by Twitter. Yeah, this episode has been brought to you by Workday and Twitter. Uh, And also, uh, you could send us emails. We would love to read your emails. We've gotten great emails, but most of them are from my mom. And as much as I love you, mom, I would rather the rest of you guys send us emails breaking down what you liked and didn't like about our episode you can talk shit about me it's okay uh facing off podcast at gmail.com nick do you have a send-off you were all fools and i can't stand it i won't stand it cool gun sound. <laughs>